Hi guys, welcome to the For the Win podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Hamil Javeri. With me today is Michelle Martinelli, familiar presence on the podcast. What's up, Michelle? Hi, Hamel. Uh, I'm super excited. This is, I never get to podcast twice in one week. I know, and we're in our old uh, Tyson's Corner office too, so you and I are actually sitting face to face, which is also rare. It is. I like it. <laughs> it's an intimate little, tiny little room we're in. <laughs> um, Michelle and I honestly have been sitting here for for a good long while <laughs> thinking about what's going on in sports, what's going on in the rest of the world, and trying to figure out uh, how we can inject a little bit of positivity into a couple of days that have felt overwhelming um, and a little bit depressing. We know that there's plenty of fun sports stuff coming up. We've got the NFL playoffs on Sunday, which and a three-day weekend if uh, the the Monday holiday applies to you. So those are all wonderful things. Um, but we thought we'd go over some of our some of the feel-good stories that we've seen this week in the sports world uh, to kind of take us out of our regular news cycle um, and focus on something a little bit brighter. Michelle, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I mean, and I just think it's good. Like, positive, uplifting. Like, it can be really easy to take a negative perspective on the world. So let's... We're super positive people. So, so let's. Michelle and I are not super positive people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are doing our best. Uh, yeah. Okay. So... We, we got... So a what lo- is a good... What is a good sports story that you saw this week? So a little bit of... This we got during the college football national championship game on Monday. Um, If you somehow haven't heard, Alabama came back and took down Georgia in overtime. It was a fantastic game, assuming you're not a Georgia fan. Um, Um, So can I interrupt (laughs) before you even get to that? My cable went out. (gasps) Well, my cable went out like the third quarter. And I'll be honest, I wasn't actually watching the game really. Like I was casually paying attention to it on social, had it on the TV but then the cable went out and I was I was just like, oh, well, the cable's out. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, did you just not uh, watch the rest of the game? I just did not watch the rest of the game. Oh, my God. So you probably you stopped watching and you were like, yeah, huh, George is going to win. Like, I wonder, like, how that's like, that's interesting. I'll be honest. When I turned when the cable went out, I knew that Alabama was going to come back to win and in dramatic fashion because that's what always happens. Like yes. when I stop watching Anytime it looks like a route, there's always like a huge comeback at the end. So I was like, well, I, I just missed the greatest national college football playoff game ever. I mean, we should keep that in mind for important sports story. I mean, did you stop watching the Super Bowl? Uh, I did not watch the Super Bowl at all. I was in India, actually. So I missed the oh, greatest okay. Super Bowl well. of all time. Um, I, wa- I stopped watching. Well, I didn't stop watching the World Series when the Cubs won. Okay. Uh, because that got really interesting. It was like... Uh, that did. That was a good series. Yeah. It was a good um, game seven. There are still, there's some stuff, but there's a lot of times when I, I call it a little too early. <laughs> All right. Well, note to self, if you want the losing team to make a comeback, Hummel needs to stop watching. I know. All right. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's all good. So one of the biggest storylines from this game was that Nick Saban at halftime decided to bench his starter for who's been the starter for the last two years, Jalen Hurts. Um, in favor of a true freshman, Tua Tagovailoa. I have been super struggling to say his name. Good effort. Oh, I'm really trying. Anyway, um, 
and, and it was we, we saw a little bit of their sportsmanship in the game. Uh, Jalen Hurts was the first person to congratulate Tua on his touchdown pass. But we got a little bit more of it yesterday um, because a lot of people have been criticizing Jalen Hurts. You know, whether you're saying he's choking, he's not really a good quarterback, he doesn't deserve to be on the field, whatever it is. Um, and Tua jumped on Twitter and very seriously defended his fellow quarterback. And it was just a really positive moment shared between teammates. And, and he said, you know, you're either you're either with us or you're against us. And that I think that's such an excellent point. Like Alabama did not enter halftime with a 13 and 0 deficit because solely because of Jalen right. Hurts. You have questionable play calling. You have a defense that only managed to stop Georgia really on the first drive of the game and after that it's so it never comes down to one person. It never comes down to one play. So I just thought it was really encouraging to see him get out on social media. I'm sure his followers skyrocketed overnight after yeah. that game. Um, and just to, to see him defend the, the person he replaced in the game. It's positive sportsmanship, and that's what's called being a good teammate, and I feel like we don't see that a whole lot. I think that's probably one of my favorite things about sports is the sportsmanship, right? Mm-hmm. It can either be from opposing teammates or from you know your own teammates kind of either sticking up for you or having your back or whatever, Um but it does seem like recently, you know, we we see less and less of this kind of thing. And I don't and that might not actually be true. Right. It could just be that I'm putting that filter over so much of what's happened in well, sports. And recently. it's not to say that it doesn't exist. Right. It's just we don't necessarily see it. Yeah. If someone does something that, that makes you a really good teammate in a locker room where there aren't any cameras around and you're not on TV anymore and stuff. That's still great. That is still being a, a supportive person, friend, teammate, whatever it is. But we don't see that. Yeah. But that is it is really nice. And it kind of makes me, you know, not that I felt one way or the other about him before, but it seems like the mature, upstanding thing for the winning quarterback to do. You know, he comes out mm-hmm. of it um, with all the glory, basically, even though the other QB is the one who really put in the work all the way throughout the rest of the season. And that was kind of his point. Yeah. He was like, yeah, don't forget, Jalen Hurts got us this far. Yeah. Like, you know, whether it's a, a combination of, of play calling and him just sometimes players and teams pick the absolute worst time to have a bad game. Yes. And that happens across all sports, all individual team, all different comps types of competition you see this you see this in nhl playoffs all the time is the second the goalie has a bad period or or lets a soft goal in you know everybody's jumping down the goalie's throat Mm -hmm. as like uh, he's washed up he can't do it um but the goalie has to, for for any team to be able to get to even get to the playoff position, your goalie has to be a rock star throughout the rest of the season. Absolutely. So, Plus, yeah. I give lots of props to someone who's willing to stand and let other people shoot solid rubber at a really high rate at them. Um, I will say that out of all these positions that I would not want to play in sports, goalie is at the top of my list. Goalie and a pitcher. I would never, ever, ever want to be a pitcher, and I could never be a goalie. See, yeah, I mean, I played lacrosse in high school and college, and being on defense, I took my share of hits with the ball, and your goalies were just ripped up, legs, arms, all that. You you look like you got in a fight with a giant animal. I think it's more of the pressure. Like, I just don't want that pressure. (laughs) Mm. See, 
like from it, a pressure for, perspective, yeah, then I see where you're coming from with like yeah. a pitcher or yeah, I couldn't handle being a pitcher. Um, a great story, s- loosely sports related, but having to do with working out anyway that I saw this week um, was from BuzzFeed, and it has a very BuzzFeedy headline. It's uh, uh, Ben Smith tweeted it out and he said, "This refugee kid got a lifetime gym membership thanks to a viral picture." And I know it sounds um, it sounds like kind of a cliche, but if you kind of want to Google that headline or Google the story, I think it's such a heartwarming story. It is. And the photograph is legitimately heartbreaking. It's a little Syrian kid um, who is a sushine boy, but he is a refugee living in Turkey like a lot of Syrians. And uh, the picture prompted the owner of the gym to really take in the kid and his family and, you know, rally support from them Mm -hmm. for them in the community. He gave the kid a lifetime membership to the gym so that he could come in. And the kid is a little, he's chubby, right? Like I hate to call kids overweight because they're kids and their bodies are changing. Um, But he's a little chubby and, you know, they taught him about nutrition and about health and fitness and all these things that he kind of just doesn't have access to, but that he really wants to know about and be a part of. Um, But it's really just about how, you know, fitness and really builds community. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just like, it just, it made my day. I thought it was just a really lovely story uh, and heartwarming about a community rallying around a um, one of their one of their members that's a refugee, and that's not something you had to do. It's not you know it, it it's not something that you had to make a huge sacrifice for either necessarily. It yeah. was just an act of kindness, an act of generosity. Um, and the BuzzFeed story goes on to say that they tried to reach out to the kid's family, but they don't have a phone, so they couldn't they couldn't talk to him and they couldn't chat with him. So. Um, yeah, it just, it, I mean, to talk about perspective, it made me realize that I am a heel for not taking advantage of the very nice gym that we have <laughs> in, in this company. <laughs> no, that's a good story. Yeah. It, it is a really great story. And if you want something to put a smile on your face, Google it, find it. It's on BuzzFeed. And, and you know, just with this general topic, like there are do-gooders out there everywhere. There are nice people. There are good people and generous and compassionate and empathetic um but we we don't often hear about them a lot no and we i don't. feel like that's i don't know i i feel like that's a good thing to like talk about this and recognize when good is being done because so much of what not just us but like what is in the media is, is negative yeah and i guess this is i don't know if this straddles the line between good or positive or infuriating but maybe both is this is the story from earlier this week or probably late last, last week. Last week, yeah. Um, it's about uh, the former NFL linebacker Aaron Maben who tweeted out the video clip of him talking to his young students. He's a teacher now at a Baltimore City school um, about how cold it was mm-hmm. and how Baltimore just doesn't have enough money to he- properly heat their classrooms which if you're on the if you've been on the east coast for the past couple of weeks it has been 
below like the freezing. Eastern half of the country, really. Yeah, we've been in some kind of weird bomb cyclone, polar vortex, <laughs> where it has just been unfathomably cold for this for for how cold this part of the country usually gets. Right. So. And I it's mean, all relative to where everybody yeah. is. But even if you're more north than we are, it was colder than usual. Yeah. If you're in the Canadian prairies, okay, fine. It was not that cold <laughs> here. But for us, it was very cold. Um, and I thought that was a, another example of how sports always kind of transcends beyond just sports. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the reason, part of the reason that his video went viral was because he's a former NFL linebacker. It's definitely why we took an interest in the story. Um, not that it's not newsworthy in its of itself, but because he's a football player or was a former football player, um, that suddenly becomes a sports story. Right. Yeah. And, and football player turned art teacher isn't always the narrative that you hear either. No. You know? I, I, and, um, and it just, it kind of, it, to me, again, it just made me really feel good. Like it just made me very grateful that somebody was out there trying to make a difference and stand up for these kids. Well, and and I saw, too, that, you know, someone asked how, like, this is awful. This is heartbreaking. Kids shouldn't have to go through this. Mm-hmm. What should I do? And he replied and was like, you talk to your council person. If you have similar problems in a similar city, talk to your city council. Talk to your mayor. Talk yeah. to your representatives or whatever, whoever's in charge of your local municipality. And at a minimum, see what you can do to help kids yeah. have a positive and solid environment to go to school in. There was a campaign mm, probably earlier this year that uh, people rallied to pay off school lunch debts, right? Because kids remember that. Because kids who couldn't afford to eat lunch at school were kind of being lunch shamed and then, you know, it spread across social media mm-hmm. and people donated to these funds to help these kids out. Um and Maven's fund actually, according to this article, raised about $20,000 to help fix those heating issues. Yeah. So that's an example of, you know, something good coming out of a really bad situation, um, which which I've liked and kind of held on to. I do have one frustrating, terrifying sports-ish story. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting description and lead in. <laughs> I know. I know it kind of veers away from our established path of stuff that makes you feel good. Um, but I, I did one of the stories that moved me this week uh, was Serena Williams talking about her, not just her pregnancy in Vogue, but talking about her health issues, her health issues after that and the complications yeah. of that, which I I had no idea. I mean, we all knew that she um, had some complications going into the pregnancy, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize it was that bad. So sorry to bring everybody up to speed on that topic. Um, Serena Williams did a Vogue profile. And in that profile, she talked about how she had to advocate for her own health. She has an issue with blood clots and she had to you know she felt short of breath after she delivered the baby Mm -hmm. and she kind of knew exactly what was happening with her body and she had to fight for doctors to take her seriously i'm gonna pull right she had to convince doctors that she was having a problem and with very specific medical terminology told them what they needed to do and just judging by the language used in the story and her quotes it really sounded like she had to convince doctors that she she needed to be taken seriously. Yeah. She said, so I'm I'm reading from the Vogue article right now. She says that she requested heparin, a blood thinner, right away. 
The nurse thought her pain medicine might be making her confused, but Serena insisted, and soon enough, a doctor was performing an ultrasound on her legs. Then the story goes to a quote, and she and Serena says, I was like, a Doppler? I told you, I need a CT scan and a heparin drip. You know what I mean? So she knew right away what was wrong with her and how she mm-hmm. had to advocate for it. And again, it ties into a larger story about um, uh, post-birth uh, fatality rates among african-american women yeah they're much higher than any other demographic yeah like significantly higher than anyone else i think i saw the other day it was um 40 percent of african-american women have blood clot issues after giving birth yeah this is from a pro publica article i'm trying to pull up this stat right now i read that yes yes i've read that and it says that about 700 to 900 women a year die from maternal complications um, which is ridiculous in that our you know our mortality rates are much higher than other countries yeah. of similar wealth of, of similar yeah. worldly position and it's just that should not happen yeah and again not really a sports story but Serena Williams is the greatest athlete in the world and what well, makes you wonder how that situation might have ended if she wasn't Serena Williams exactly like that's a horrible hypothetical to think about but if she's not the greatest tennis tennis player sitting there telling you i know my body i know my body very well and this is what's wrong she's just average jane yeah and it's you know the part about that that was really um frustrating is that the nurse thought her pain medication might be making her confused like can you imagine um so yeah so it's not a feel-good sports story but it's definitely a sports story that kind of caught my attention this week um I don't know. You got anything else for me, Michelle? Um, not really. You know, for <laughs> it's as we're sitting here talking, you know, it's this has been just a, a weird week in sports that seems like so much has happened. And at the same time, not a whole lot has happened. Yeah, I always you know, it's kind of weird sometimes to do these podcasts when we're on the tails of big political stories because they seem to overshadow everything else that's kind of happening. Um, as probably they should. As they should. So that's that's the position that we're in at this moment. Um, but those are some bright spots. And if you guys are on Twitter and you've got some other great sports stories, please add us at For The Win. Thank you very much for listening. And we will see you next week. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Hummel. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.